Hello, and welcome to the 35th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright, or contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com, or visit our website, foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. Uh, the usual disclaimer that we have every week, heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. Today, we're talking about the Omen franchise. While we often hear of The Exorcist as being one of the scariest movies ever, people sometimes forget about its somewhat less popular cousin. The first Omen movie was made three years after the original Exorcist. There are four films, a failed TV pilot and another TV series that ran for one season in this series. So they are The First Omen from 1976, directed by Richard Donner, written by David Seltzer, produced by Harvey Bernard, starring Gregory Peck as Robert Thorne, Lee Remick as Catherine Thorne, David Warner as Keith Jennings, Billy Whitelaw as Mrs. Baylock, and Harvey Spencer Stevens as a five-year-old Damien. Music was by Jerry Goldsmith. The second movie was titled Damien Omen 2, came out in 1978, so three years later. It was directed by Don Taylor and an uncredited Mike Hodges, who was fired due to creative differences after several weeks. Um, The movie was produced and the story was by Harvey Bernard, screenplay by Stanley Mann and Mike Hodges, starring William Holden as Richard Thorne, Lee Grant as Anne Thorne, Lucas Donnett as Mark Thorne, and Jonathan Scott Taylor as a 12-year-old Damien. Music was again by Jerry Goldsmith. The third movie is named Omen 3, The Final Conflict. It originally was just called The Final Conflict, but they put Omen on the front to make sure that people knew it was part of the Omen franchise. That's from 1981, so that's three years later. And that was directed by Graham Baker, written by Andrew Birkin, again produced by Harvey Bernard and Richard Donner, starring Sam Neill as an adult Damien, Lee Harrow as Kate Reynolds, Rosano Rossi as Father DiCarlo, and the music again was by Jerry Goldsmith. Then the fourth movie is from 1991, and that's called Omen for the Awakening. It's a made-for-TV movie, and 20th Century Fox was trying uh, to create a horror franchise with this, something similar to Halloween. Uh, it was directed by, hopefully I'll get these names right, um, George Matesi and Dominic Othnan Gerard, and more on them later. It was again produced by Harvey Bernard and is written again by Harvey Bernard and Brian Taggart, starring Faye Grant as Karen York, Michael Woods as Jean York, and Asia Vieira as Delia York, and music was by Jonathan Sheffer. Then there is the failed TV pilot from 1995, directed by Jack Shoulder, 
written by John Leakey, starring Brett Collins as Jack, Chelsea Field as Amanda, William Sadler as Dr. Linus, and note Julia Julie Carmen, who we mentioned last week during our Fright Night review, also has a small role in this pilot. And then we have the Omen remake from 2006. So that was directed by John Moore, produced by John Moore and Glenn Williamson, starring Lee Schreiber as Robert Thorne, Julia Stiles as Catherine Thorne, Mia Farrow as Mrs. Baylock, and Seamus Davy Fitzgerald as a young Damien. The music is by Marco Beltrami. And note, this remake is so similar to the original that um, the original writer, who was David Seltzer, was given credit for this movie. So that should tell you how similar they are. And then lastly, the TV series, which was named Damien, was um, on A&E and ran for one season with 10 episodes total. That was developed by... Glenn Mazura, produced by Glenn Mazura, Ross Feynman, Poncho Manfield, starring Bradley James as an adult Damien, Megalyn Eckenwalk, sorry, I, I know I pronounced that wrong, as Simone Baptiste, Omid Abtahi as Amani Golkar, David Munay as Detective James Shea, and Barbara Hershey as Anne Rutledge. So, where can you watch these movies? Um, the original Omen is available in the usual, usual spots, so Google Play, YouTube, or Vudu for $4, or on Amazon Prime for $10 for some reason, and you can also find it for free on YouTube. Um, Omen 2, the same, everything's in the usual spots for $4 each. Omen 3, the same. Uh, Omen 4, The Awakening. Everything's on the usual spot for $4, except it's $3 on Amazon Prime for some reason. Um, the failed TV pilot is available on YouTube. So if you look under the Omen 1995 Unsold TV pilot, you'll see it there. And the remake, again available for $4 everywhere. And Damien, the TV series, available again on YouTube, Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play, or Vudu. It says for $2. I assume that's $2 per episode, so that'd be run you 20 bucks for the 10 episodes total. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores. The original Omen. Critics gave it an 84. Audiences gave it an 80, so that's obviously pretty good. Damien, Omen 2. Critics gave it a 39, audiences gave it a 49. Omen 3, The Final Conflict. Critics gave it a 32, audiences gave it a 34. Omen 4, The Awakening. Critics gave it a 20, audiences gave it a 23. The TV pilot is not rated. The remake from 2006, critics gave it a 26, audiences gave it a 40. And lastly, the Damien the TV series, critics gave it 11, Percent audiences gave it an 83%. So that's obviously a very big difference between those two. Next up, I wanted to play um, Jerry Goldsmith's theme for The Omen, which is entitled Ave Santi. So here it is. Uh -huh. 
So that was Ave Sante by Jerry Goldsmith. That is, in my opinion, one of the best uh, horror theme songs out there. And more on that a little bit later. So the pilot of the pilot, the plot of these movies, uh, here it is in a nutshell. So The Omen, 1976, U.S. Ambassador Robert Thorne discovers his wife has just had a miscarriage and a priest convinces him to take a child that was born at the exact same time and whose mother passed away. And he does this and, of course, does not tell his wife, Catherine. Many of the problems in this movie could be solved if he just told his wife the truth, but nope, I guess we wouldn't have a movie then. So Robert eventually becomes the ambassador to the U.K., and then Damien starts to grow up, and he starts to exhibit some strange behavior. When they take him to a wedding at a church, he completely freaks out and beats up his mother, so they never go in the church. And then his mother takes him to an animal safari where you drive through and the animals are around, and the baboons attack their car. So that's a scary scene. And then Damien's nanny, who has a huge Rottweiler in tow, is very possessive of him. At Damien's fifth birthday party, she climbs to the roof of the house, they're all out in the yard, and puts a noose around her neck and yells, Look at me, Damien, it's all for you, and then jumps off and, of course, kills herself. The children and the parents are obviously horrified. Uh, a new nanny quickly arrives, and her name is Mrs. Baylock. And they find out that, really, they, they don't know how she got there. So that's mysterious. Then Robert begins to investigate uh, the circumstances surrounding Damien's birth after all these things happen. And then others try to help him, but they all meet a very bad ending. So Father Brennan gets a falling church spire through his body as a freak storm um, arrives, and he tries to run into the church, and then the spire falls off and spears him dead. Photographer Jennings is beheaded in a horrific accident by a plate of glass. That is pretty rough. And then we find out Catherine is pregnant again, and someone tells Robert that Damien will not allow the child to be born and sure enough she is standing on something on the second floor watering her plants and Damien is on his tricycle and he runs right into the side of her uh, knocks her off she's gripping the banister barely uh, trying to get him to help her and of course he doesn't and she falls straight to the ground uh, so we next see her in the hospital and she is pleading with Robert to not let Damien kill her. But Robert goes off and uh, tries to find out some more stuff about Damien. Meanwhile, the second nanny, Miss Blaylock, comes in to the hospital and shoves Catherine out the window. And she falls through the back of an ambulance. So Catherine is definitely dead this time. So Robert, as we said, is off in Megiddo, and he ends up speaking with a priest or archaeologist whose name is Bugenhagen. And he tells him that, surprise, Damien is the Antichrist. He has a 666 birthmark under his hair, and Robert must dispatch him using the seven daggers of Megiddo. Why there are seven, I do not know. 
I'm also a little hazy on how this works, but basically the first one is that he's supposed to stab him seven times with these seven daggers in the shape of a cross. The first one is supposed to be the center of the cross, and that's supposed to extinguish his physical life. And then the next one's extinguish his spiritual life, and that's where I kind of got lost. It's a bit hazy. So that's what he's supposed to do. And then so he goes back, uh, tries to grab Damien, Mrs. Blaylock, puts up a fight to try to stop him because obviously she knows what's going on. They have a fight to the death. He kills her in the kitchen. And then Robert takes off with the boy to the church. And he drags the boy in and he is ready to stab him. Uh, when the police arrive, and as soon as the police arrive, uh, we cut to the next scene, which is a funeral. And we're not sure whose funeral it is. Is it Damien's? So, nope, it's not Damien's. It's two adult caskets, so it's Robert and Catherine's. And Damien is there, standing next to the president because Robert, I think, was the godson of the president. And Damien looks at the camera, uh, stares at the camera for a few seconds, and then has a little smirk on his face. And we know uh, what's going to happen next. So after that, we see uh, a scroll of a Bible verse from Revelations thirteen eighteen on the screen, and it says, It is, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. So the final score in this movie, the bad guys one, the good guys zero. Now on to Damien 2. So we thought that maybe Damien was going to be with um, the president since he was there next to him during the funeral, but nope, he's actually been raised by his uncle Robert's brother. So, but this but this movie opens with Bugenhagen from the first movie at something called Yagel, Y-A-G-A-E-L's, Yagel's Wall in Megiddo, where he sees a drawing uh, that's supposed to depict some events um, regarding the Antichrist, and the picture looks like Damien. So he's trying to get this information to Richard Thorne, who I said is Robert's brother, but there's a cave-in, and he is buried alive. So he's not going to be much help. Uh, Damien is now 12 years old and lives, like I said, with his uncle and his uncle's wife, Anne. And his cousin is named Mark, and they're really good friends, and they both are sent to a military academy together. And there at the military academy is Lance Hendrickson, who played uh, Bishop in Alien and a bunch of other stuff. And um, he and some other instructors at the military academy seem to know who Damien is and they're there to protect him. So Damien eventually learns that he's the Antichrist and he's none too happy about it, but he manages to recover quickly. And a woman who is trying to warn Richard about Damien gets her eyes pecked out by a crow and then wanders in the road where she's run over by a truck. So it, that's a pretty hokey scene. It's obviously a dummy um, that gets knocked out of the back of the truck, but it's still, it's, I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be funny, meant to be funny, but it was, it's still a fun scene. Then there's a guy who drowns during a hockey game on a frozen lake because he gets trapped under the ice. That's pretty rough. 
And then there's a doctor who's checking Damien's blood because they all went to tour um, a plant that's owned by Thor Industries and some gas was released and everybody else was coughing and hacking but not Damien. And then the guy went to look at Damien's blood and remember his mother was a jackal. So he had no effect whatsoever. And no, I don't really know how that works, but that's what the story says. So the doctor who, before he can give anyone else the information that he found from looking in a microscope at Damien's blood, he's in an elevator that plummets to the bottom and then stops. But the top of the part, I guess, of the elevator crashes down through the car and literally cuts him in half. Um... So that's a pretty gruesome scene. I think that was done very well. Um, and then poor Cousin Mark doesn't fare very well either. He eventually confronts Damien about who he really is. And Damien was like, basically, hey, can't you just, you know, overlook that and still be my friend? And so Mark doesn't want to be friends with the Antichrist, and Damien kills him. Um, this movie, um, for the most part, I enjoyed I could do without some of the talk of agriculture, but I guess they had to use something to fill in the, the missing space there. There are also lots of people walking or doing stuff, playing hockey in the snow in this one. So it definitely occurs during the wintertime. Next up, Damien 3, The Final Conflict. And Damien is now an adult, and he's in charge of Thorn Industries. He knows very well who he is. He's accepted his fate, and he's trying to position himself um, to become the president, and so he ends up accepting a role as the ambassador to Great Britain, which was also the same position that his father had, because that fulfills a prophecy, and then he also asked to become the head of the UN Youth Council, um, whatever that is, sorry, I never heard of it before, uh, so that I guess he could uh, start uh, his army with a bunch of children. So, Damien also gets cozy with a TV host named Kate Reynolds and her son Peter, and he dodges one assassination attempt by a group of monks who has the seven daggers of Megiddo. Then we see um, some priests with a telescope, and they see a star alignment that foretells the second coming of Jesus as a baby. So Damien and his crew, well, Damien, decides that he needs to kill everyone who is born between midnight and 6 a.m. on March the 24th, 1981. So he sends out his crew to do that, and they kill a whole bunch of kids. Um, one barely escapes, and that's actually the child of Damien's right-hand man who refused to give his baby up. So one gets away, and then the remaining priest, because Damien has killed the other six, tries to stab Damien, but Damien uses Peter as a shield, and the boy dies. And then Kate picks up the knife and stabs Damien. So he staggers to an old altar, and then I think what is Jesus appears, um, and Damien looks dead, but again, he wasn't stabbed seven times by seven different daggers, so maybe that was just the physical death. I'm not sure. Um, I didn't think this was a bad movie. I actually enjoyed it. Um, and I enjoyed watching Sam Neill scream Nazarene over and over again throughout the movie. So that was pretty fun. So some people don't like this movie, but I liked it. 
Next up, I think something we can all agree on. Omen for the Awakening. Again, this was a made-for-TV movie, and you can definitely tell. A girl named Delia is adopted by Karen and her politician husband, Gene York, and we, as a baby, and we next catch up with her when she's eight years old. Lots of bad things happen. Uh, the parent of a kid that she's fighting with gets beheaded. Other people die in mysterious accidents. She wreaks havoc on a New Age fair. That was fun. <coughs> Um, and then her mother, Karen, gets suspicious, and she finally uncovers the truth. Delia is Damien Thorne's daughter. Now, again, how this happened after the events of Omen 3, I don't know. And there's even something stranger. Delia apparently had her twin inside her body. So the baddies removed the twin, and impregnated in Karen, and when Karen got pregnant and had the baby and named it Alexander, Alexander is actually Delia's twin brother. I don't know. I mean, I think that's how it went. Don't quote me, but that's just weird. Um, and I assume that Alexander's supposed to be the Antichrist. I don't know. Um, it's all very strange. Anyway, in the end, poor Karen kills herself instead of offing her demon children. And I was interested in the storyline when I heard what it was about, but uh, it's the movie's just horrible, let's face it. Um, the pacing is way off. Much of the acting is off, although the woman that plays Karen does the best she can with what she's got. Um, I didn't mind the actor that played the little girl. I mean, she just stood there and looked, you know, not too menacing, but... I think that's all she was supposed to do. So, uh, yeah, this movie was just a mess. So for your sake, I'd say just pretend this series ended at Omen 3. Okay, The Omen, the Phil TV pilot. This pilot has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the story. Damien is not mentioned anywhere. Instead, this one follows an epidemiologist, a reporter, and a nurse who pursue a strange unseen energy force that feeds on people. And apparently the energy is pure evil and wants to take over the world, because, hey, who doesn't? And, yeah. I mean, they only named this omen, of course, to try to get some people to watch it. Um, it rightfully did not become a series because the pilot was not good. So that's that one. Now the omen remake from 2006... This is exactly the same story as the first Omen, just with a cast change and some CGI special effects. Um, and a few things in different order. So, for instance, the intro, which I enjoyed. The intro was good. It set the mood. Um, and then the first scene is of uh, them seeing the three stars, the three comets align, which is uh, the prophecy. And that did not happen the, at the beginning of the first movie. Uh, the cinematography in this movie was also great. Um, I just don't buy Liv and Julia in these roles, although they're perfectly good actors, and I've seen them in lots of stuff. I just, to me, they don't fit uh, these parts. Um, but in contrast, Mia Farrow, I thought, was an excellent choice for Mrs. Baylog. I thought that was really fun. And also a young Damien, um, the actor that played him, that was a great choice because he was pretty menacing looking. So my advice would be 
watch the original instead or at least watch the original first so you have something to compare this to. And then lastly, Damien the TV series. As I said, there are 10 episodes uh, total on A&E. I watched the first couple of episodes when they um, were, um, what's the word, launched, put on the air, dropped, um, and then I watched the last episode. So in this story, Damien Thorne, who is turning 33, is a photographer in search of a good story, and Barbara Hershey shows up to help Damien, Damien realize that he's the Antichrist, and he's none too happy about this, because let's face it, who would be? Uh, I don't think anybody wants to be the Antichrist. Um, finding out you're the Antichrist could ruin your day. Uh, the production values of Damien is high, the acting is good, but the story just didn't grab me. But having said that, I've read where a few people have said that they went back on second viewing and binged everything at once and they liked the story much better. So I might do that a little later, especially given the Rotten Tomatoes scores and the difference between critics and audiences. So I might do that. I've done that with some movies before and actually ended up enjoying them. So stay tuned on that one. Uh, next up we have some more music and this is the theme song to Omen 2, also by Jerry Goldsmith. It's very similar to the first one, but I just want to include it so you get an idea of what it sounds like. Here it is. And next up, trivia. We have a whole lot of trivia, so hopefully it won't be too much, but there's just a lot of, of interesting things that occurred with this franchise. So, first up, some general info. 
There were five novels that tie in somewhat closely with the movies. The first novel came out two weeks before The Omen and helped with the cross-branding. It was also called The Omen and, of course, written by David Seltzer. That was published by Futura in 1976. Then Joseph Howard did Damien Omen 2 in 1978, same publisher for all of these. And then Gordon McGill did Omen 3, The Final Conflict in 1980. Omen 4, Armageddon 2000. Yep, that's the title of it. In 1983, and Omen 5, Abomination in 1985. There are three documentaries, at least. There may be more about this series. One of them is 666, The Omen Revealed, from 2000, and that's available on YouTube. There's The Omen Legacy from 2001, also on YouTube, but in 10 parts, and it looks like parts 6 and 8 through 10 are missing. And then The Curse of the Omen from 2005, also available on YouTube, and we'll talk about that one a little bit more later. Okay, for those of, those of you playing along at home, we have Damien as a baby in the first movie, Damien as a 5-year-old, Damien as a 12-year-old, Damien as an adult, Damien's daughter and son, and Damien as a 33-year-old photographer. And then in terms of pets, we have Damien and a bunch of different Rottweilers, Damien and a crow, and Damien and a couple of German shepherds. Um, the first Omen had a budget of $2.8 million and a box office of $60.9 million, which made it one of the highest grossing films of 1976. The film was originally called The Antichrist, then it was changed to The Birthmark, and finally they decided on The Omen. Before being made as a, uh, be, before being made by 20th Century Fox, the film was turned down by almost every single major studio. The movie won an Oscar for Best Original Score for Jerry Goldsmith. This is his only Oscar, despite the fact that he scored some, I think, 250-ish movies. And it's for the first song that we play called Ave San Satini, which translates to Hail Satan. Besides the Oscar, there were several other nominations for the movie, and that included Harvey Spencer Stevens, who was nominated for Golden Globe for Best Acting Debut in a Motion Picture, Billy Whitelaw, who was nominated for BAFTA for Best Supporting Actress, David Seltzer was nominated for Best Drama Written Directly for the Screen by the Writers Guild of America, Gregory Peck received an, a, Saturn, a Saturn Award, for Best Actor in a Horror Film, and the movie was also nominated for Best Horror Film. And Gilbert Taylor won the Best Cinematography Award from the British Society of Cinematographers. Besides this movie, or this franchise, Richard Donner has also done 1976 Superman, Goonies, Lethal Weapon, and X-Men. Uh, David Warner, who played Jennings, kept his severed head for years until his divorce when his ex-wife obtained custody of it. Ugh. That's pretty funny. Charlton Heston, Roy Schneider, Dick Van Dyke, and William Holden turned down the lead role, and of course Holden later came back to do the lead role in Damien Omen 2. 
Holly Palance played the first nanny in The Omen, and she is the daughter of Jack Palance. The studio did a $2.8 million campaign to market the movie, which is almost, well, I think it's more than the, mo- more than the budget of the movie, or the same as the budget of the movie. Uh, they fashioned it after a Jaws campaign, which had been so successful a year earlier. Well, they spent some money, but it seemed to work. And again, we already said William Holden was up for the first one, but turned it down, but he came back to play the brother Richard Thorne. Uh, He originally didn't want to be in the movie because he didn't want to do a movie about the devil. But after the success of the first one, he changed his mind. And (coughs) the film was originally released in 6676. They had a hard time getting Miss Blaylock's Rottweiler to act mean because he was a real softy and wanted to lick everyone. Um, just a little note here, if you haven't watched films from the 1970s before, uh, the pacing on 70 movies is very different from what it is today. So, instead of having a jump scare every five seconds, which is what happens in today's horror movies, they actually focus on the story, but sometimes that, um, translates to people watching them today who get pretty bored. So, uh, just be aware of that. And then also another weird thing about this movie is is Robert treats his wife like a child. Uh, He lies to her. Um, He goes to talk to her therapist. You you know, um, all of it's pretty irritating to me, but it was the 1970s. So there you go. The scene, which is, this is one of the best scenes in the franchise, in my opinion. The scene where the baboons attack the car is because a zookeeper took the alpha baboon and put it in the back seat of the car. And the rest of the baboons were afraid for him and they were trying to free him. So they were trying to get into the car. And then Lee Remick and young Damien were in the front seat and they were truly terrified because those monkeys went crazy. Um, also, Lee Remick was supposed to drive the car away after that scene. And she said she knew how to drive a stick shift, but she didn't really. And so the car initially stalled. So I'm sure that really added to that. But uh, that's a great scene. Um, No goldfish were harmed in the making of this film. And that's because they got some sardines and painted them as goldfish. Richard Donner frequently had to reboot close-ups. I'm sorry, frequently had to reshoot close-ups of Gregory Peck because... The star objected to being seen with double chin. Don't we all? Harvey Spencer Stevens beat out thousands of children for the role of Damien. The director said he had asked the child actors to attack him as they would in the movie. And when he said that to Harvey, Harvey full out wailed on him, kicked him in the crotch, and just kept going and eventually had to be pulled off of him. So as soon as that happened, he said, that is the kid for us and sent Harvey off to have his blonde hair dyed black. I I think he does a good job. Um, Gregory Peck took a decreased salary and instead got 10% of the box office gross, so this turned out to be a very wise decision for him. And Donner uh, credits the success of the film to Goldsmith's score, which increases the tension and the fear of the movie. Lee Remick refused to shoot the tri- 
sickle ambush scene where Damien runs into her and then she falls down to the first floor. She was originally going to fall from the balcony and then with stunt people and the, what do you call it, a bag down below to catch her. Uh, but she was very apprehensive of doing that. So what they ended up doing was taking what looked like the floor, putting it on a wall, uh, putting her on a dolly, and then when you notice when she hits the floor, she turns slightly sideways and then hits the floor. That's actually her hitting the wall standing up. But the effect is very good, so I think that actually probably worked better than the way they were planning to do it the first time around. Uh, the part of the nanny was originally written as a warm person, but Billy Whitelaw turned her into someone scary, and I really enjoyed her interpretation of the role. One of Richard Donner's first requests to screenwriter David Seltzer when he started writing was to remove all of the suggestions of the supernatural, such as Clovenhoof demons and witches' covens. That way, everything that happens during the movie could be explained as coincidences. So there's still that little sliver in your brain of maybe these really are coincidences and maybe he's not really the Antichrist. And one more on this one. The original ending had Robert, Catherine, and Damien all dying, but studio head Alan Ladd Jr. Uh, didn't like it, so they gave him so he gave them extra money to film the additional funeral scene that shows Damien is still alive. So you can see where it was supposed to end and then where it ended up ending. I like uh, this ending with him still being alive. Um, and let's see. And obviously it keeps the franchise alive, so that's good. So next up we have another one of Jerry Goldsmith's song. Uh, this one is called The Demise of Mrs. Baylock. Enjoy. <laughs> Oh, 
And we already talked a little bit about The Curse of the Omen, which was that documentary that was um, had uh, the voiceovers by Jack Palance. But a lot of very strange things happened during the making of the first movie. So here are some of them. You can judge for yourself as to whether or not they are coincidences. Obviously, it helped with the marketing of the movie, but if all these are true, it's a lot of stuff. So, Gregory Peck's son unfortunately committed suicide just some months before he started filming, and then that's why he took the role, um, because he felt bad because he wasn't there when his son uh, passed away. Gregory Peck and screenwriter David Seltzer took separate planes to the UK, which is where the movie was filmed, but both planes were struck by lightning. While producer Harvey Bernard was in Rome, lightning almost missed him. Terry Walsh, David Warner's stunt double, was badly injured in the filming of the dog attack scene in the cemetery, despite being properly prepared for the stunt. So he had to be hospitalized. Um, and then this one happened on, not on the Omen, but on his next picture. On the next picture, the previous stuntman for Lee Remick was supposed to jump off a building. He instead missed the airbags and ended up in the hospital. He said that he felt like someone had pushed him. A motel at which Richard Donner was staying during the filming of the first Omen was bombed by the IRA, and then he was also struck by a car. A plane that was chartered to do aerial shots, which they ended up uh, not taking for some reason, hit a flock of birds and crashed to the ground, killing six people. Also, Peck canceled another flight to Israel, and the plane that he would have been on again crashed, killing all aboard. The movie had originally planned for a scene with lines similar to the baboon scene, but the day after they left, after they were done with shooting and left, a trainer was killed by a lion when he was stuck between two cages and the lion bit him in the head. Um, on the day, the first day of the shoot, several principal members survived a head-on car crash. And here's one that may be the most horrific. Um, so special effects artist John Richardson and his girlfriend were working on their next movie, A Bridge Too Far, and they were in a car accident and his girlfriend was beheaded. And when he looked up, he said after the crash, he said he saw a mile marker that said 66.6 kilometers. How's that for freaky? Okay, Damien... Omen 2, budget of $6.8 which is twice the budget of the original movie, and a box office of $26.5 which is not really that good. This is Meshach Taylor's first film role, and you may remember him. He was a whole bunch of stuff in the 80s, um, but also had a recurring role on Designing Women. Uh, Leo McKern returns as Carl Bugenhagen, and he's the only person to be in one more than one Omen movie. There were originally plans for a third Omen movie with Jonathan Scott Taylor, but they were canceled after this one did less than expected at the box office. Jonathan Scott Taylor is now an attorney. David Seltzer was approached about writing the screenplay for The Omen 2, but didn't want to because he didn't want to do any sequels. 
And we already said Don Taylor ended up replacing Mike Hodges as a director after he was replaced due to creative differences. This is William Holden's only horror movie. And the theme song for this one, as you heard just a little bit earlier, is really a faster version of the original Ave Satini. Lance Hendrickson, who we said was in this movie, uh, who's in Aliens, played Sergeant Neff, and he apparently did not get along with Don Taylor. He had previously been hired for this role by Mike Hodges. Don Taylor was previously a child actor and act along, acted alongside his friend, William Holden. Lee Grant had been blacklisted by Joseph McCarthy in the House of Un-American Activities Committee, so she was taking any job she could get at that point. And Lee Grant's daughter, for those of you who don't know, is Dinah Maynoff, and she was in Empty Net, Soap, Grease, and a bunch of other things, and uh, I guess mainly in the 80s and 90s. Um, Gregory Peck, William Holden, and Lee Grant have all won Oscars, not for this franchise, but for other things, and Lee Remick has been nominated for one. Here's something sad. Holden died shortly after this movie because he tripped and hit his head on a coffee table, um, apparently while, uh, intoxicated. So that's sad. Uh, Damien has an English accent in Owen 1 and 2, but not in 3. And instead of a dog, well, he has a dog, but we also have a murderous crow in this one, a raven. And the disappointing box office for this movie, as well as that of Exorcist 2 and the movie The Chosen, signaled the end of the demon child fad from the 1970s. It was instead replaced by slasher movies, which seemed to be still going strong. Omen 3, The Final Conflict. The budget was between 5 and $6 million and the box office was $20.5 million. In Germany and Hungary, the film was released as Barbara's Baby, a play on Rosemary's Baby. This is the first Hollywood uh, starring role for St- Sam Neill, who originally is from New Zealand. And, interestingly, Sam Neill and Lisa Harrow who were a couple in this movie, also were a couple in real life for nine years and share a child named Tin Neal. Um, Sam Neal's also been in tons of other TVs and films. You might remember him from Jurassic Park, The Piano, Hunt for Red October, and a bunch of other stuff. Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando, and Gene Hackman were all considered for the role of Damien before it was determined that he would be a younger man. And stuntman Vic Anderson says his 100-foot fall from the bridge backwards uh, in this movie is one of his scariest stunts. It even made the 2005 Guinness Book of World Records. And then lastly, the timeline in this movie is a bit messed up between this and the two previous movies. I don't get hung up on stuff like that, but some people um, pay a lot of attention to those details. Aiming for The Awakening. Don't have much trivia since this was a made-for-TV movie, but um, the eventual director that completed it, George, replaced Dominique uh, when he quit halfway through the filming. And the thing that they refer to in the movie called, I'm going to say this wrong, Fetus Papaseus, 
um, is actually a real thing, and that's when one of the twins dies and the other twin absorbs its body uh, into its tissue. So it doesn't mean the other twin is still viable, but uh, is absorbed into the uh, surviving twin. This is the only film in the series that Damien Thorne does not appear in. And Faye Grant, before this movie, was best known for the V TV series from 1983. Faye Grant is not related to Lee Grant. Harvey Bernhard retired after producing this movie. And if you didn't notice in the final shot, the cemetery paths form an inverted cross. Okay, the Omen, the Omen remake. 2006. It's almost a shot-by-shot remake in some places. Some people compare it to Gus Van Zandt's Psycho um, and question why a movie needs to be made if it's exactly the same story and exactly the same scenes. The budget for this movie was $25 million and the box office was $119 million. Harvey Spencer Stevens, who played Damien in the first movie, made a quick cameo as He's credited as tabloid reporter number three. Blink and he'll miss him, but that's kind of cool. The role of Catherine was originally offered to Rachel Weisz, but she declined because she was pregnant at the time. And Pierce Brosnan and Jim Carrey were considered originally for the roles of Robert. This film was released on 6606 as another marketing gimmick. And... The death of Mrs. Blaylock by having Robert hit her with a car, which is what happened in this version, was originally intended for the first movie, but they cut it, and then Robert, uh, they have a fight in the kitchen, and Robert ends up killing her. Mia Farrow, who um, played Mrs. Blaylock, also, you probably best know her as Rosemary, who also was the mother of the Antichrist in Rosemary's Baby. Don't have any trivia for the failed TV pilot. And then Damien, the TV series, ignores the events of Omen 2, 3, and 4 and instead follows the story of the first movie and Damien struggling to accept the fact that he's the Antichrist when he doesn't want to be. Uh, The actor, Bradley James, may be best known for playing King Arthur on BBC's Merlin from 2008 to 2012. And this was Barbara Hershey's third foray into horror. She also was in The Entity from 1982 and Insidious from 2010. That's it for the trivia. I told you there was a lot. So, why should you watch these movies? Well, the original Omen is right up there on many lists uh, of best horror films ever, and I would put it near the top of my list. Uh, The Omen also appears as number 16 on Bravo's list of 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Recipe for this week, it should come as no surprise that I went with Devil's Food Cake. So Devil's Food Cake is a rich chocolate layer cake that's considered the counterpart to the white or yellow angel food cake. And it's richer and darker than regular chocolate cake due to the use of cocoa powder and extra baking soda. So I'm going to include a recipe from the Food Network. Uh, for Devil's Food Cake, uh, total prep time and cooking at least at four hours. So, in conclusion, um, 
I would suggest that if you're interested in this franchise that you watch the first three movies. Um, and then that'll give you really all you need to know. If you want to watch something after that, I'd say watch the remake. Uh, but again, it's, it's exactly the same story as the first movie. Um, the original Omen holds up surprisingly well after having been made some 45 years ago. I watched it again this week as I did all of these movies in preparation for this. And, you know, yes, the pacing is a little different. Um, you know, people act a little different, but um, I really enjoyed it. And some of those scenes are just excellent. So, so I would highly recommend this if you like um, these kind of biblical um, movies or demon children movies. It's definitely worth a watch. So we'll meet you back here next week with another franchise. Probably won't be something about the Antichrist. But um, have a oh, have a good Labor Day weekend. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>